0: Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I read to you out of uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, verses 6 through 14. I don't like to read long texts, but I had to do that because you see the end of one and the beginning of another. You see Elijah, uh, the premier prophet of his day, uh, doing the, uh, the, 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 the rise and the falls of many kings. Uh, we also see a schizophrenic, uh, imperfect leader Because he's constantly telling his protege to get lost. Uh, Go home after he laid his mantle on him. I want you to think about walking with me, Miss Gussie. And you walk with me and you learn to trust me. And then all of a sudden I tell you to go home. I don't want to see you anymore. That would hurt your feelings. But this is what this premier prophet was doing to his protege. He says, I want you to follow me. Then he says, go home. And that kind of uh, attitude can kind of mess you up. But Elisha, Elisha didn't allow his, the dysfunction of his leader to stop him from pursuing destiny. And I want to encourage those of you that are offended easily. God says, I'm not going to baby you now. For you to take the mantle that he has for you, you're going to have to press forward when your heart is hurting. You're going to have, when, your attitude, when there's an attitude against you, you didn't do anything to deserve it, you're going to have to learn how to press anyway. And not just quit church and, and leave church because of an issue. Where's your destiny? If your destiny is tied to a voice, get over it. As long as there's no physical abuse, you continue to pursue the things of God. Can somebody say amen? I'm not telling you to stick with nobody that's slapping you. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm telling you, if there's no physical abuse, you need to stick with it until God say enough is enough. Some of us quit way before time, and God says, "I'm trying to process you. I got you churning. I got you turning on the wheel of circumstance. I, you're on the potter's wheel right now, and I'm turning you, and I'm mobilizing you, and I'm molding you into what I want you to be. And you're jumping off the wheel because you don't like the spin. But you got to learn how to stick with the spin." Wheel, wheel, wheel. Even when you get dizzy and let God work that out because he's using it all to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. And here we see not only does Elijah tell him to go home, but look at the heart of Elisha. He says, as my soul lives, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I'm not going to let your attitude stop me from pursuing destiny. Bible also said there was 50 men, sons of the prophets watching this. Guess what? Somebody's watching us. They're watching our attitude. They're watching our disposition. And they're watching how we function and flow as leaders. And many times, if you want someone to follow you, you've got to learn how to follow when it's difficult. Actually, you build the momentum of your followers when you learn how to follow someone else. These men are watching, glory to God. And Elijah knew it. And Elisha knew it. And I believe it caused them to dig in. But guess what? After crossing the Jordan, this is what Elijah asked his protege. What do you want me to do for you? As the Lord takes me up, what do you want me to do for you? The Bible says the young man said, I want a double portion of your spirit. If you check it out in the Hebrew, really, he's saying I want sonship. I don't feel like a son. I don't feel like a son. I want that feeling. I want that mantle of sonship in my life. I don't feel like a family member. Maybe it's because of the way you treat me. Or maybe it's because I had to leave my family. Or maybe I never felt good at home. Or maybe my father never talked to me. But right now, I need sonship. And the Bible said, Elijah said, do you know what you're asking for? That's a hard thing. That's a real hard thing. You know why? Because it requires a lot to be called son. It's not something casual. We want to to receive all, we want to receive all of the gold in Fort Knox, but not have to temper how we function and flow when we deal with fathers. We want to be, as sons, you want to be able to say whatever you want to say to your father. Whatever comes to your mind, but the father has to shift when they deal with you. No, you got it all wrong. You never raised me. I raised you. And you got to get to somebody's got to be on top of the hill and then and I'm going to help you to get to the top. But believe me, you're not on the top pushing me down or saying, you know what? I really don't want this right now and I don't want to talk and you wait on me. That's not how that works. Fathers raise sons. Can the church say amen? amen? And if you want sonship, it's a hard thing, especially spiritually, because it requires tenacity and connectedness. Glory to God. Yeah, nevertheless, Elijah says, if you see me go up, you got to see it. In other words, you got to be in the proximity of me. you got to learn how to flow with me. you got to walk at my pace. you got to learn how to take correction from me. But if you see me go up, if you're in the proximity, you're taking correction, you're moving with me, God's told me to tell you I'm going to be able to release something to you that you've never had before, and it's going to change your life. I think there's a a pulling by the spirit of God for the people of God to get closer to God and closer to leadership. We're way too distant in the name of the Lord. The pandemic has separated the church. Some people will never come back to the building. They're never coming back. You can pray all day. This thing has really divided many churches today, but new growth is coming. The Lord told me that there's new grass growing in the fields and a new harvest that's coming. And if you're expecting things to be as it was, it will never be as it was. We need to look beyond the hills from which comes our help. For our help comes from the Lord. Not from people. But we're way too distant from each other. Check your proximity. Check your pro- the distance between you and your fellow Christian. You and your spouse. You and your church. Check the distance. See if there's been a pulling away or a drawing closer. Prophetically, I'm going to speak to that in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe God wants me to speak it. There's a mantle that's resting on my shoulders and there's one being Lord on yours. Amen. Man didn't stitch this. God told me to tell you he's stitching it for you. A cloak that you will wear to prophetically speak into your house and into your region to see things shift for you. But you got to close the distance. You're way too distant from destiny. You don't think about God only on Sunday mornings. We got to get back to getting back to the heartland again. For those of you that are comfortable with laying in bed with sleepers on and watching watching the video and watching the church like this here, you got to sit up. You got to put on some clothes, put on some mascara and get back in the house and brush your teeth. And so you can get in the house and get something from the Lord. Because the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves. I know there's a variant in Africa. But let me tell you something. God is going to protect. Get your vaccine. What are you talking about? Do what you got to do so you can draw into the house of the Lord. Those of you that are reclining on me. Sit up straight. And Elisha saw it and cried out. My father, my father. Guess what? When he saw it, God released sonship to the man. He released sonship to the man. Notice he didn't say, my leader, my leader, but my father, my father. Because when he saw him go up, supernaturally, invisibly, but supernaturally, God released what he wanted. Isn't it amazing that sometimes God has to take people out before we see the real value? God shouldn't have to take your spouse away before you see how valuable they are. There's at least five funerals that I have to kind of oversee this week. They will all be buried on December the 4th. I can't be in every spot, but I'm just amazed with how we move closer to the end of the year, how people are being taken out and folk are grieving. Does God have to pull somebody out before we see value? They have to say, they have to say, I ain't coming to that house no more. I'm done before we see value. And reach for each other. By the spirit of God. Close the distance. By the spirit of the living God. Close the distance. Between you and that person. In your life. That has destiny on them. Close the distance. Don't allow distance. To remain there any longer. Close the distance. Step up. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. Glory to God. Look at this. The Bible says, and he cried out, my father, my father. And the chariot of Israel. And the horsemen. So he saw him no more. He saw him no more. He was taken out. Look at this. And he took hold of his own clothes. His own cloak. His servant cloak. And he tore it. If we're ever going to get into that place that God has called us. We got, we got to learn how to say no more to what we used to do and who we used to be when God is trying to transfer something fresh and new on our lives. There has to be a tearing away of what you're used to wearing if you're going to put on this new cloak. Some people have, this, have sackcloth and ashes on right now. Grieving over what you lost. And you're wearing it like a garment. Sorrow and pain and issues. And we're wearing it like a garment. Or the dysfunction that's in our lives. We're wearing it like a garment. Elisha is wearing the cloak of servanthood. Which is good. But it's not just tied to Elijah. This garment is also tied to his father's house. Notice he, he burned the, 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 the yokes of the, of the 12 yoke of oxen, and he bore the meat and fed it to his family. But the Bible never said he changed his clothes. So in other words, he said, I'm not going to do that work anymore, but he carried with him the cloak of his past. And there are people in this room that are listening to me. You came out of the streets. You came out of the world. You've grown a lot, but you're still carrying sackcloth and ashes from your past. And what God is trying to get you to do is strip, not all the way down, but to strip it off. <laughs> Y'all follow me? Some people take me literally. And you got to follow me in the spirit. Don't strip all the way down. It ain't getting hot in here and take off all your clothes type message. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is stripping away from the sackcloth and ashes of what you used to do and the ministries you used to be in and the marriages that you used to be in and the people that hurt you and the stuff that happened in the past and all of your failures and all of your issues. Tear it off! Come on, prophetically, come on, tear it off! He tore it off! In other words, you can't carry that garment and this one. You can't carry yesterday's cloak and today's mantle. God is preparing something for you, fresh, vibrant, and dynamic. You need to wear it well. Tear it off! Tear yourself away from what you used to do and tear yourself away from your failures and tear yourself away from trying to do all of this stuff in the natural and put on the garment that God has tailored for you. Glory to God. Not only did he tear it all, which means he can't go back to that no more. He tore it in the two. Look at verse 13. He also took up the mantle. As he's tearing off, he's picking up something new. Some people will tear it off, but they have nothing. You're naked. You got to tear it off and at the same time, pick it up. You got to tear it off and at the same time, pick it up. You got to tear off yesterday and what happened yesterday and pick up what God is trying to release into your life today. He put on the mantle of Elijah That had fallen from him and went back and stood at the same bank of the Jordan that Elijah stood and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And struck the waters and the same thing that happened with his father happened with him. Now listen, a lot of times we do what our fathers do in the negative, but God is about to shift that now. God is setting down new track in the name of the Lord. You don't have to repeat everything that fathers did, especially ignorant fathers. You got to get with somebody that's laying new track. Hallelujah. God says this mantle is going to divide the waters. You will walk over on dry land. You're not going to get muddy. You're not going to get in the quagmire. You're not going to get stuck with what happened on yesterday. You're not going to get stuck in circumstance or stuck in family curses or stuck in family issues. You're going to be able to walk in on dry land, glory to God, God is going to divide it this way and that way so you can pass through. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. He took up the mantle, struck the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the waters, the Bible says it divided this way and that way. And Elisha crossed over just like his father did. Glory to God. And I prophetically speak to you. God is laying down new precedents. He's laying down new tracks. We're going to discover new territories. We're going to cross over on dry land. I come against the quagmire in your life. He's going to pull you up out of the muck and miry pits. But he's also going to cause you to walk on dry land. God shouldn't have to pull us out of muck and mirey pits every year. He pulls you out. Then he'll start elevating you to where you can divide the waters and the ground will dry to where you can walk in. It used to be muddy, but by the time your foot get there, it's all hard ground now. You're not going to sink in what other people are. You're not going to sink in, in, in mud and, and get stuck all of the time, get stuck in ruts, stuck in depression. No, you're going to walk in and walk through on dry land. Can somebody say amen? I speak to the soil in, under your feet. To the mud that your feet are in now, God told me to tell you this mantle that you're carrying that He's tailoring for you is going to cause the ground to dry, so you're not sinking and getting tired just with walking through. Saying, "I'm so tired." No, you're tired because it's not dry ground. But when God dries the ground under your feet, Hallelujah! You'll walk just like you're walking on a a, a, a sidewalk now, not through muddy water. Write it down. We're prophetic people, and prophetic people must understand the Elijah task, the mission, the mantle, and the mandate. We are prophetic people. If you testify of Jesus, you're prophetic. We're in a prophetic season. I'm reading in the Book of Revelations now, and a lot of stuff that I'm reading is coming to pass right before our eyes. And the sixth angel sounded and the seals were broken and some type of virus was released on the earth. And you can sit there all day if you want and coast. You better understand something. The Bible, if you read the Bible, it'll make you tremble. Matthew 24, Matthew 25 and the book of Revelations. And you will see, you will see viruses being released in the earth. And beasts coming out of the sea. What is this stuff? And locusts coming through smoke. Looks like Apache helicopters to me. Apache helicopters with teeth. That's bullets flying. With a hair like a woman. Propeller. Teeth like a lion. Face like a man. Sitting in the cockpit. John never saw something. He said it looked like locusts. But it looks like helicopters to me. Thank you Lord. That's why we need voices. And modern day preachers. Who can tell us this is that. Which was spoken by John. On the Isle of Patmos. And if we are prophetic people. We need a prophetic message. You need one. You need to be able to say. God has already brought our forefathers through this. This is nothing new. Whatever you're going through. To your own son and daughter. God. Can bring you out. Tear your clothes. And put up your cloak. Tear yourself from what you came out of. And put on something new. Can somebody say amen. Come out of yesterday. And step into your moment. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost on this. I feel the Holy Ghost on this. God is shifting truth reveal Into a prophetic season. And since we are prophetic people, and a prophetic people must understand the Elijah task, mission, mandate, and mantle. Man, I must feel the Holy Ghost. I'm draining. <laughs> Y'all belong with me. Amen. So what is a prophetic mantle? Write it down. A mantle, a prophetic mantle, or a mantle was originally A garment or a cape that was used to, uh, basically used in times of the cold. When it was cold weather, they used it to stay warm. To warm oneself. It's mentioned in the Old Testament, a few of the uh, characters in the Old Testament, like Elijah, but also Elijah and Joseph. Glory to God. And I need to pull that out. The garment uh, was also worn by Prophets. Including Elijah and Elisha. The cloak or the garment of distinction. Amen. Even John the Baptist wore a type of cloak. But his was uh, camel's hair. Turned inside out. He would inflict his own body. In other words, if you've ever been around a camel, not only does it smell. <laughs> it smells real bad. But, but it also, the, the, the hair on it is coarse. John the Baptist Took camel's hair, turned it inside out, and wore it that way. Like being stuck by it. It wasn't a comfortable garment to wear. And he allowed himself to be inflicted that way to keep himself on the cutting edge. Some people are comfortable with the prophetic. Yeah, I'm the prophet. I'm the prophet. I'm the apostle. But you don't understand the weight of that carries with it an affliction. Glory to God. And God will also allow thorns to be placed In the flesh of the prophet to keep you humble. Are you ready for the mantle? Because it's not just for your comfort. It's to keep you on the cutting edge. Thank you, Lord. So you have a word for this generation. This is a messy age and God wants to give a message to you for the mess that's in your family, in your region, in your family tree. A message for the mess age. A message for the messy age that we're in. And you can't make people feel comfortable in dysfunction. Usually if you're a prophet, they're not going to like you. They'll start moonwalking back. But eventually they're going to come back to it because it's life. God is giving you a cloak, hallelujah, because he wants you to know that he's giving you a lifeline for the next generation. And they're not going to like you at first, but don't be messed up by that. God is going to help you to cause them to tear off what they have so they can pick up the new garment for them. Because God is tailoring something for them as well. But if they're carrying on what they have, they'll never be able to wear it successfully. There has to be a tearing and a picking up. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So that mantle is used not only by Elijah and Elisha. The garment of distinction, I call it. But was also worn by kings and princes and major prophets. And if God is sending a queenly anointing upon you, wear the garment that he gives you as well. People have the anointing, but they're not wearing the cloak. Amen. They want their own cloak. You can't make this one. He has to make it. Thank you, Lord. You can't put on what everybody else has. It's one tailor for you. You can't mimic nobody. It's what he tailor tailor made for you. How can we receive the mantle? God has ordained for us. Well, as a prophetic people, we are taken, we're often drawn to the story of Elijah. And I read it to you out of 2 Kings chapter 2. Elisha's mantle, which was released when he was taken up. And Elisha picked it up. More than the regular cloak that he wore. It represents not just the garment, but it represents the call as a prophet of God call now some of you are looking for a physical garment to wear capes and stuff like that <laughs> believe me we're not coming to church with capes on <laughs> amen <laughs> we're not coming you're not gonna see me coming in <laughs> I, I don't have to do that this is this garment this is not a physical cloak they had to do that Holy Spirit is tailoring one for you it's 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 it's, it's unique Amen. We don't have to go back to the Old Testament to prove anything. Amen. Amen. This is a tailored thing that I believe God is releasing in the spirit realm upon each and every one of us. Glory to God. We see this garment. It was threw over Elijah. I read it to you a few weeks ago. Elisha, when Elijah walked through his perfectly plowed fields while he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he took his cloak, his mantle And he threw it on him. He slapped him with it. Who do you have that can walk through your fields, the stuff that you've arranged really nice, you got your whole life, whole life intact, you got all of the stuff that you wanted to do? Who in your life would you allow to walk through all of that, discard it all, act like it's no big deal at all, and lay a mantle on you and tell you you need to snap out of the stupor? You put in your confidence in, in earthly things. And God is trying to get you to start thinking about heavenly things. Do you have anybody in your life that can mess up your roles? Do you have anybody in your life, anybody in your life that can speak truth to power? Anybody in your life that you can trust to handle issues? That you can talk about and get some instruction? This is what, what's required if you're going to not only receive the mantle, but also use it. He threw it across Elijah. It was a prophetic act to let Elijah know that this season that you're in right now is coming to an end because God has chosen you specifically to do something special. Not only was he being chosen, but he was being chosen as the premier prophet because God told Elijah in in Kings 19 and 19, I want you to go and I want you to anoint Elisha as your prophet. Replacement. Think about that. He told a man of God that the young man plowing with those 12 yoke of oxen stepping in stuff. Stuff all between his toes is eventually going to take your spot. Thank you, Lord. That's why you can't judge people. You can't judge what they're stepping in right now, what they're standing in. You can't judge it. God, man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. You can't see people with mascara on and Mary Kay on taking pictures and say, that's going to be a prophet. On Facebook, smiling all of the time, hugging folk. That's not, that's not what God does. That's not what God, God don't take what we call lovely and call it lovely. You better look at the premier prophet who was grieving over Saul. His name was Samuel. I'm going to talk about him in a moment. Samuel went to Jesse's house, and when the eldest came along, he said, Surely this is God's anointing because his stature. Look at him. God says, Oh, no, wait. You, You don't even understand me. You've been grieving over Saul so long that you've lost your cutting edge. Man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. I've already refused him. I look at this man's soul. I've already refused him. Uh, Man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And what we think is lovely is not lovely to God. What we think is handsome, God says, I can't use it. It's too selfish and self-centered. You got to tear it off so you can pick it up. Thank you, Lord. Am I speaking to anybody today? Thank you, Lord. So now I talked about the prophetic mantle. Let's talk about a mantle. A mantle in the scripture is a metaphor. A symbol for the call. It's a symbol for the call of the ministry. Even the anointing that God releases upon you. This tailored Mantle that God is releasing, that he shared with me, he's releasing upon the church and members in particular, is the call, the anointing, and the ministry that he wants you to start functioning in. The mantle is applicable for you, for the office that he's calling you to. If it's a mantle to be a better mother, it's applicable to you. In other words, you've been been able to do certain things in your own power, but when this rests on you, he will gift you. Thank you, Lord. You may have been a pretty decent father, but when this mantle rests upon you as a father, he will give you supernatural abilities and the wisdom to go along with it to maneuver. Glory to God. To know when the hold and when the fold. When the walk away be silent and then when to speak. Because a silent man or woman is defeated. We must release it. This mantle will help release the tongue to speak with the tongue of the learned, the learned as the ear of the learned is open. This is given to us, not by man, but by God. I love you, but I can't adorn you with this. Only the Holy Ghost can do it. My job is to make sure it's managed well. My job is to make sure that as God gives you, that you don't go astray. My God is to make sure that you understand it's in the multitude of counselors that we're saved. My God God wants me to let you know that when he starts speaking to you, that if it is of God, it will be centralized among the brothers. God does not isolate and only speak to you things that you only heard. He doesn't move that way. Within the body, there will be a consensus. Thank you, Lord. Where there's two or three, not where there's one. Where there's two or three walking together in agreement. I'm in the midst if two or three touch together not one don't allow this mantle to separate you notice Elisha even his leader told him to separate but he said no I will not separate from you two is the number of division deuce division and so you don't know if you have unity until you have two Because two is the number of division, division, division. And so when you get two to walk there, that's why God wants me to just speak that there's a mantle that's going to rest on unity in the home. Because the enemy likes to divide and conquer. Glory to God. And when this mantle rests, the two will walk together in agreement or say the same thing. Once that happens, everything that the enemy plans is warped. Glory to God. You know how you become a sword of the spirit? I need seven people to come up here real quick. Seven people. Vince Price, you one of them. Come on, quick, 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 quick. One, two, three, four, five, six. One more. One more. One, two, three, four, five, six. Come on. All right. I got them. Thank you very much. All right. Stand right there. I want you all to stand in a straight line across. One, two, three. Three, four, five, six, seven. Right there. Good. Wonderful. They're standing in a a straight line. You all see it, right? Okay. This is what you need to see in the spirit. I want you to think about this line being a sword. A sword. A straight sword. Uh, Tony Gardner, step up. Now, could you say it's a straight sword now? Why? One of them is out of alignment, right? So even if we're praying, amen, and Tony Gardner takes the lead, right, he's the lead, how would the rest of them become a sword? They would have to step up, right? But that's not how we're going to do it. They're going to stand behind him. So gather, come up closer, Tony, and everybody stand directly behind him. Do you see that? Now, when the enemy see him, he doesn't see just seven people. Right? He see a a straight line back. This is the cutting edge, right? This is the cutting edge that penetrates. So if he's praying and the anointing is on him, his voice is going to be the most elevated. In the name of Jesus. And the rest of them are saying, I agree in Jesus' name. Not shouting beyond him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Kill the devil. When they all say, I agree in Jesus name, we come into unity. And now we're able to penetrate the darkness with the devil. He doesn't care how many people are standing on stage. He only recognizes the unity. So you got a whole church piece and the devil don't move from your house until somebody comes in alignment. Are you all listening to me? So now we're standing as a sword and God can take that and cut down the darkness. Thank you God. Now let's go back to the line please. Let's go back to the line. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lord. This is what we call the unity of the spirit. If Ken Johnson, the Holy Ghost is on him now and he's facing south, how does they how do they need to face now? Okay. now everybody's going to turn and face south. If the anointing is on him. It doesn't matter who's in charge. If the anointing is on him and something is moving upon him and he begins to function in that, everybody should line up with that. He's going to be the loudest voice penetrating the darkness as everybody comes behind him as weight. Now we become a sword in the spirit and you will see Satan kingdoms divided. Turn back to face me, please. In a household, if you don't have that, you will never see deliverance. The husband and the wife must do this, standing with each other. If the wife has the anointing, husband is going to, it's, I know that sounds funny because you're the leader, but what has to happen, who's got the anointing? If she's got the anointing on this, stand behind it. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. I stand with you 100%. And when the anointing is on him to do something, you got to ladies, you got to let him lead. You got to stand behind him and push him. Well, I wouldn't say it that way. No. Let the man become the leader. Stand behind him. Critique later. Because what we're trying to do is cut down the devil. This is how mantles are worn. Not just on shoulders, but in the way we align ourselves. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Come on. You need to clap a little bit better than that. Come on. Thank you very much. Do you all see that? You understand? Glory to God. Start practicing that in your spirit at home. You'll start seeing the enemy lose his grip over your business, over your stuff, over your family. That's how you wear the mantle. It's coming to agreement. How can I receive my perfectly tailored mantle? How can I receive my perfectly tailored mantle just for me, altered just for me? There's some significant lessons. I'm going to give you two and we're out of here and I'll finish it next week. Number one, write this down. This is powerful. You need to understand that God determines your mantle ahead of time. God determines your mantle ahead of time. He determines your mantle. He's already made it up in his mind before he saved you. He had already said, I'm going to purpose to do this in her life or that in his life. Understand, God determines your mantle ahead of time. Why is that important? Because God wants you to know he was thinking about you. I know it seems like he's not because loneliness plagues us. And sometimes we feel all alone. And it speaks, the, the loneliness and quiet speaks louder than voices. Silence can speak louder than a physical voice. Guess what it says? You're insignificant. Nobody's listening to you. You're all alone. You're by yourself. Nobody cares. Not even God. That's what the darkness said. Hallelujah! I'm here to come against it in the name of the Lord. God, understand this. God has determined your particular, perfectly tailored mantle before time. Glory to God. He initiates it. He tailors it himself. Uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Jesus said believe also in me. For in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so. I would not have told you. Notice what he says. I go. I'm not sending prophets. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to do this. It's me. This is my job. As the high priest of your life. I care enough about you that I tailor a room myself for you. Just like a woman would in her house, say I'm going to dress up this particular room for guests. I'm going to buy the furniture, I'm going to pick out the colors, I'm going to select the bed. I'm going to do all of the stuff that to make them comfortable in the room because I'm doing it for you or for a four time. I want you to think about God Thinking about you before you knew it. Before you made a mistake. Before they made a mistake. Before they did what they did. You need to know that he prepared this mantle for you. ooh Jesus. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod, your staff comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the midst of you prepare the table. No, you didn't even send a servant servant to do it. You said, I'm going to be the one in the kitchen. I'm going to select the china. I'm going to select the utensils and the condiments. I'm going to make sure you have everything you need and prepare the table before you in the midst of your conflicts, in the midst of your enemies. Because I want you to know, I have determined that your mantle will be made ahead of time. those of you that feel alone let this correct you he knew you before you knew it he visited your heart before you knew he was watching you he heard your cry thank you lord and he's coming down to answer you When Moses comes into the proximity of the burning bush, take your shoes off of your feet for the ground you stand on is holy ground. For I've heard the cries of my people by reason of their taskmasters and their pain, and I've come down to deliver them. Woo, Jesus. God told me to tell you he knows the cries of your heart and the pain of what you went through. And he's coming down. He's tailor-made a mantle for you to wear that you'll be able to wield it. a calling on your life that's going to pull you out of the, of, the, of the issues and cause you to step out of the muck and the miry clay and pull you out of op- obscurity and mediocrity and take you into excellence. Thank you, Lord. (gasps) Write it down. The mantle comes from the Lord God. You do not select this tailored cloak. It comes from him. It was established and destined by God for you. That's why nobody in the kingdom should be jealous of another person's mantle. The reason why you do that is because you've never worn your own. He has one for all of us. I know that's gonna blow you away because you think that that because he's using me, but he wants to use you too. The earth is so dark, one person can't do it. Or even Jesus said, I must go. I must go so God can send the comforter. Because one can chase a thousand. But two can put 10,000 to flight. It's one thing if I'm preaching the gospel. But if all of us preach the gospel next week, you would see the church triple in one week. If all of us just got busy. You would see the wealth of the ministry. You would see the attendance increase. And you would see the influence of the house of God heightened beyond measure. If all of us got busy. Write it down, Elisha didn't receive, receive Elijah's mantle because he was in the proximity or he just happened to be in the right place at the right time. God predetermined. There was criteria there, but God had predetermined that Elisha would be the predecessor. According to the word of the Lord, he told Elijah in 1 Kings 19, go and anoint Elisha as your replacement. Who decided that? Elisha or God? God decided that while he was standing in refuge. Elijah's task was to cooperate. Just cooperate with God. Say participate and cooperate. Come on, say it. Say cooperate, cooperate and participate. God is not asking you to do, you know, big, grandiose things. But can you cooperate with him? Can you sit down and let God work it out? Just cooperate. He's going to do the work. Sometimes you just need to let him do it. Let God do it. Cooperate with him and participate when he invites you in. You'll start seeing the move of God in the spirit. Glory to God. Was to cooperate with the call of God on his life and receive the tailored mantle just cooperate and receive the tailored mantle cooperate with God to wear that mantle he had to cooperate but for Joseph he knew at a young age in his adolescent years that through prophetic dreams that God wanted him one day to rule. That's pretty big. He's the eleventh of, of of twelve sons, and as a young man, he started having dreams of rulership. So much so that he goes to his daddy and say, "The sun, the moon, me, you, the sun, mama's the moon, but I see all of you all bowing to me. I wonder what did that look like in a dream? How does the sun bow?" His daddy says, Are we supposed to bow to you, son? The Bible says his brothers hated him, but his father eyed him. <laughs> his father. <laughs> and I just believe that God is 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 sharpening the eye of fathers. To see the uniqueness. To see the uniqueness, and they got to be challenged. You see the unique, don't you got to challenge it. You, you want us to bow to you? I see something unique, but you're out of bounds here. Ooh, I'm preaching, man. Fathers have to be able to see distinction. There's something unique about the boy. I do see that, but I got to keep you. I got to eye you. I got to watch over you. Oh, God, help me. Joseph knew something was on him. His daddy knew it, too, so he made him a coat of many colors. A type of cloak with red in it, purple, gold, black, blue, Yellow, representing fear, representing bloodshed and suffering, representing the X factor, representing happiness, but also great sadness. The young lad only saw the coat of many colors as prestige, but in it was suffering. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for what God has for you? Well, what you're going through right now is, pre- is preparing you for what he has for you. You just want the throne, but not the process. He knew God had something special for him. He predetermined it ahead of time. Notice, notice Joseph never made his own cloak. I don't understand the prophetic this, this, at this time. People are coming up with their own mantles. If you know what God is doing is your mantle. You should be just as surprised as everybody else. When God moves, whoa, that's God. Now, I, I know that's God, cause see, He and I got it like that. No, 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 no. That may not be His mantle. When, jo- when Jacob came out of the room with this coat and said, "Joseph, come in the midst." He's a little boy. He's, he's a teenager, and he dre- the, he got Reuben. He's, he's got Simeon. He's got Levi. He's got Judah. He's got Nephthali. He's got Issachar. He's got Dan. He's got all of these boys full grown and he drapes it around the younger one. Joseph what? How did I do this? What did I do to deserve it? He didn't say yeah. Yeah I already knew that. Yeah do it dad. You should have been doing this a long time ago. if he can determine that, that means he's preparing his own cloak. And guess what? You won't wear that one long. God predetermined your mantle ahead of time. Joseph knew it. He knew God had predetermined, but he wasn't proud. He knew it. He he, he knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He had successions of dreams. He he knew it. Why would I see this? Why why can I peek? Why is it easy for me to learn languages? Why why is it easy? Why why does my dad pull me into the room and tell me about the history of the nation? Why, why, Why does he let me drink from his cup? Why does he treat me like this? He knew it inside. And you should know that there's a destiny in your life. I know you know that they hate you. And they want you to fall. You know that. But look beyond them. Look beyond the ones that hate you. Look beyond the people on your job that can't stand you. Look beyond the people that's trying to hurt you. Look beyond the people want you in pits and stop your motion. To the God that predetermined a mantle that he is perfectly tailored for you. Nobody can stop what God is trying to do in your life. I better close as I feel the Holy Ghost. God has something special for you. And he predetermined from the foundation of the world. Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb. Before you even came forth, I'd already predetermined that you would be a prophet. And you're going to tear down, and you're going to build up. And you're going to tear down, and you're going to break down, but you're going to erect at the same time. And I'm going to cause you to weep. I'm going to cause you to weep. He's called the lamenting prophet. Uh, Who wants to be a lamenting prophet? That every time he preaches, he's weeping. He's weeping every time he gets a microphone over the nation. Who wants to do that if you're alpha? But God predetermined that Jeremiah would weep when he stands before the people. To recognize and to show them how God feels when you don't step into your destiny. How God feels when you don't stand up and be what he calls you to be. So he'll raise up one and give them the mantle of the weeping one to show you how God cries. When we don't get it, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Joseph knew it at a young age that I'm predestined to rule. And I don't understand it. But I got to, I can't shake it. The desire that God places in your heart is God-given too. You want to be better? I want to be successful? It didn't come from you alone. He put it in there. It's just one indicator. The desire that you have is just one indicator that he's pushing you that way, but you got to see he's stitching it. Then he's sewing it to your heart. There's a heart strength. Every time he pulls a string and tailors it with the mantle, he's pulling your heart too. Did you all just hear what I said? Yeah. Every time he sews a stitch in your mantle, he's tied it to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a loving heart, that means you have a mantle to love, you just need to perfect it perfected. If you're able to forgive easily, that means God is trying to put a mantle on you of mercy. And every time he niches it, stitches it, he pulls your heart. That's why I'm here to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. So you don't get abused in your mercy. You don't get used either. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna close it with that one. I was gonna give you two, but I'm I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I can't stay away from two weeks. <laughs> I come, man. I'll come back, being Gifts, man. Woo. <laughs> come on, put your hands. <laughs> uh, ah. Woo. I'll come back next week, first Sunday, and, and work with this. I got a lot to say on that. And I have another message at 11. Hallelujah. But access your mantle, your prophetic mantle. You need to know that God predetermined ahead of time your call and your importance in the kingdom. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Lay your hand on your own chest, please. Because of the pandemic, I can't lay hands on you, but I perceive at the end of this teaching that there's going to be a stirring of the waters and a stirring of the gifts by the laying on of hands. Ray, God has not forgotten about you. I want you to tear off sorrow and pick up your cloak. Jesus Vince Price God has not forgotten you I hear it the same tear off your sorrow pick up your mantle Waters, God has not forgotten about you. He hears your cries. Tear off slavery and bondage mentally and pick up this cloak. Renee, God has not forsaken you. it It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at trimnation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.